Welcome to the Brew News Podcast, all the news that's fit to brew. I'm Andrew Jennings, and welcome back to our interview with uh, Dave and Amy Neeson of Paddled South Brewing Company, opening in 2020. This is our second part, so if you haven't, uh, if you didn't catch last week's episode, go back, listen to that, and then pop into this, and I'm sure you guys will have a great time once you pop back in. Let's hop right back in to our interview with Dave and Amy. Sounds like you guys are setting up for a great location. We're very excited about that. And as soon as it's open, you let us know and uh, we'll, be we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. Um, so let's kind of switch back to the beer a little bit yeah. here. Um, what do you shoot for stylistically? I know you said you love IPAs. They're your favorite. Yeah. You brew a yeah. lot of wheat beers and fruited beers. Um, but speaking of IPAs, while, while we're asking that question, do you want to drink an IPA? Sure. Hey, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Transition. Now this one is really that was <laughs> a nice transition. Nice to segue. <laughs> yeah. Now this one really is the IPA. <laughs> Whereas earlier, he was testing us earlier. <laughs> yeah. Plus, if these guys really know about beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got a strawberry. <laughs> That is a very odd tropical IPA, but I'm not one to judge. But the sure, brewer, right? Sure. Yeah. So um, definitely ales. Um, I I'm not a big. Um, I don't try to clarify mm-hmm. the the beer at all. I like the haze. You're preaching to the choir, oh, Andrew. There. What would, I just refuse to do it. <laughs> he refuses to go by cheese. <laughs> Throw the gelatin in and no, no, I, 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 the do tricks. a little bit of well flock and walk away. Yeah, I'm not messing with that. No, no, no. Let it. It settles out or it doesn't. I don't care. Yeah. It tastes just, drink just don't drink right? the bottom. Yeah. If you don't turn the glass all the way if you don't get the set of it. If you have if you have that pad at the bottom, just leave it there. Don't disturb it. That's right. But um, I really just I enjoy lighter, mm-hmm. crisper, um, hoppier. Hoppy. Yeah. Well, IPAs can't be. I'm not right. Uh, they need to be hoppy, but. Um, I just I really enjoy finding beers that the majority of the people like to drink, mm-hmm. and because great conversations happen over a good beer, mm-hmm. and I I want to be part of that, and I want to make beer that attracts people. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as my grain bills go, I don't vary my grain bills very much. Really, as far as uh, the base malts that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, I may th- throw some oats in, like this has oats in it to give it more mouth full feel. Um, it does have some lactose in it as well. Uh, but for the most part, I don't vary it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Just from the standpoint that I like, I like the taste that I get from that base. And then I really, the star then becomes the yeast and the adjuncts that you put in. And that's where you can really have a lot of fun with it mm-hmm. and do a lot of different things. I mean, we've already started tossing around different ideas of different barrels that we want to age in and different tinctures that we might want to mm-hmm. add and uh, fresh, more fresh things, you know, fresh herbs and mm-hmm. uh, different types of fruits and things that you don't see a whole lot of. Um, and even adding it after the fermentation process oh. when you pour it adding something to it i mean oh, like we a little did, muddle who's little muddle something Doc Bichette, yeah the uh the randall the randallizer yeah something like yeah, that uh, they like pump beer through like like uh like a fruit mash like that. And okay. like that and then pump it back out so that it but, stays uh, separated but interesting. yeah it's like fresh from the tap it's, really it, it goes cool. straight through that's really neat yeah yeah 
But I mean, we <laughs> bake that idea. That was, I think, we did that with uh, the heifer, with some strawberries. I said, I wonder what this heifer would be like if we yeah, had strawberry some banana heifer. Strawberries that doesn't sound well, that sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. that sounds and, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> and we did. We mashed up some strawberries and dumped it in into your cup and. I mean, you said it was good. It was good. Okay. Well, there you go. Unless you just mind me. Done. Never. Well, that's good. Wink. Yeah. So she wasn't looking at me when that she said smells that. really good on the nose. That's a little bit of, um, you know, we always say, like, there's the meteor tropical fruits that you smell, but sometimes there's a difference between it being, like, fresh fruit and, like, where it smells more kind of, like, dried fruits like yep. when you get that dried tropical trail mix sort of thing yeah and that's kind of what i get more on that and i kind of like it's a little candied maybe just mm-hmm. slightly mm-hmm. but that smells really good and there's a good amount of carbonation on that that is uh for anybody listening they can't see the beer in my glass it is uh <laughs> it's almost the same it's very similar in color to the hefeweizen but yeah, it um it's almost between the hefe and the strawberry wheat. It's yeah. got a t- slight. Maybe it's just the, the just a little bit lighter. Yeah, a little bit yeah. lighter, a little bit of a little bit of red on it, but not too much. Flavors I can't do, but colors mm-hmm. I can do. <laughs> You're right though. That oats really rounds out that mouth feel, so yep. it's not that mm-hmm. sharp pop bite, and it gives it a little something, a little chewier. Mm-hmm. Really, and that's kind of. You know, like when you're drinking a stout and you just want to like chew on it for a while instead of just having a thin stout. Yeah, that kind of thickens it up a little bit with that lactose as well. It has yeah, a very lactose, interesting like finish. That the finish is very interesting to me, and I, I really does. like it. As almost unique, I don't think I've ever had a beer that finishes quite that same way. It goes off a little sweet, and then it's mm-hmm. a bit ending. Sour. Yeah, just a little bit sour, mm-hmm. but it's got that um, oat kind of hangs around there on the very end. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. That is, it's like it's not just this lingering hot bitterness. It's kind of rounded out into a more mild oat note. Yeah, a little tartness. Oat, big, big, big body oat. That's tasty. Oh, I'm that glad is. you like that's that. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. So is this going to be one of your regulars? It will be. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> the strawberry is seasonal, obviously. but <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and Amy can actually speak to this a little bit. Yeah. So why this actually came to be. Well, I mean, he had said that he wanted to create an IPA that I would drink, Mm -hmm. and he did it with this one. Oh, there you go. Um, It's got all the flavors I love, the pineapple, the coconut. Mm -hmm. Um, You put mango in one. Was it this Mm -hmm. one? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, You know, there was an occasion where he did one where he toasted the coconut, and then Mm -hmm. he did a batch where he didn't toast the coconut, just because it's so much fun to play around with. But yeah, I mean, I could drink this stuff all day. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it is the coconut I think that's that I'm picked up on that back end that I really enjoy yeah because yeah. the first time I drank I was like this is like a mountains bar without the chocolate ah, <laughs> ooh, I like that <laughs> yeah and I'm see, not, now you just gave me an idea yeah yeah, yeah. I appreciate because I'm not normally a huge fan of coconut but well by itself really but like right. in beer it's a lot more tolerable for me but like that's it's not overdone no it's no. not and it's more of like that fresh coconut as opposed to sometimes you get ones that it's more like coconut oil mm-hmm. where it's like that oily feel in your mouth that's like okay this was like coconut oil that somebody melted down and you know having cooked in coconut oil yeah. before it's like yeah that's not my favorite thing but the fresh coconut plays well in there with everything you're doing with the mango and all of that and the, the pineapple you're right pineapple is Definitely in there as well. Yeah. 
That's so a, that's, yeah, that's an easy drinker. What's the A? I don't think we've talked about that. Yeah. What's the ABV on something so like that? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your beer. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew goes to make a Belgian single, and we it's end up with a golden strong ale. No, uh, <laughs> that actually happened. It was supposed to be like a four or five percent beer. It was nine when I was done. I was like, uh-huh. oh no, 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 oh, no. no. <laughs> messed up. So what's the uh, ABVs on some of these? Like the Hefeweizen. Oh. Yeah, the Hefeweizen. Well. I can tell you specifically. Ooh. I have a He's got fancy, the beer Bible. A fancy yep. notebook. His yeah. diary. That's right. <laughs> um, the Hefeweizen was 3.9. Okay. So real real low oh, on yeah. that. And that was uh, probably one of the reasons is I sparged probably pretty quickly mm-hmm. on that one. But this one it usually runs uh, the tropical. That one usually runs right around... Six eight, mm-hmm. seven. This mm-hmm. one's seven one. Pretty standard up ABVs yeah. for an IPA. It's not anything. Yeah, overly. it's not terribly high mm-hmm. for that one. Um, I think the obviously this is one where the hops comes through on the front end mm-hmm. on the nose of it. Mm-hmm. It's Galaxy and Mosaic. I was going to ask what you were using. Yeah, um, I really really like those two uh, hops. I've actually not used them. Oh, I think you'd love them. Okay. Yeah. You went down south very quickly. Well, so what had happened was um, <laughs> I got hold of some uh, some super cheap New Zealand hops. So I've been okay. running through those. Sure. Um, and my last beer, uh, this may be a, a fun one if you want. I'll, I'll give it to you. I don't care. Uh, it is just Pacific Gem and Pacifica. Okay. And I just added hops. It was just a pale ale, but I added hops every five minutes to, mm-hmm. the, to a 60-minute boil. And pretty much a quarter ounce for a five. Uh, now I think my someone was squirrely with my Pacific Gem because it was three point three. Okay. Alpha acid, and that's usually a thirteen or fifteen oh. alpha acid. So I was like, um, something's either going to be really wrong here or really right. Yeah. And the low out, al- uh, the low acid one, it, it's coming out really good. It's got a nice pale ale bitterness to it. It's pretty bitter for that, mm-hmm. but the flavor is very orangey. It's got a okay. lovely orange citrus. Flavor to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. So you're saying you love Galaxy and Mosaic. Is there any other type? Are those mainly the two hops that you like to play with, or do you venture out sometimes into? Those are the ones I use for the tropical IPA okay. um, and the juicy IPAs, and I've I've done different iterations of it. I don't know how many times. Um, Three or four at least. Yeah, at least, and they just. For me, it gives the smell and the taste that I'm looking for, mm-hmm. um, the citrusy, fruity, um, tropical island kind of feel that we're trying to achieve there. Bringing the, bringing the beach home with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying. Yeah. yeah. But I, and I don't, I don't use those exclusively, though. Mm-hmm. The double IPA that you'll try is Centennial and Cascade. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say it's very rarely you see people that don't go for the sea hops and a lot yeah. of and stuff, but there, there they are. They were hiding. Yeah, that the Simcoe. <laughs> I like you know, the Amarillo hops. I, I mean, I I don't discriminate when it comes to hops. Right. I, and that's one of those things that I'm constantly playing with as well is trying to figure out if I do this one at the beginning of the boil versus this one. Yeah. What kind of flavor profile do I get? Does it really dramatically change the smell and the taste? Um, what if I did, you know, was real heavy-handed with the hops halfway through the boil versus, right. you know, right at the end. And so it's it's really one of those things that it's just trial and error. 
And that's what's so great about having a three-barrel system is mm-hmm. I'll be able to play with that and I'll be able to turn it quickie, quickie, quickie. quickly. <laughs> um, and There's nothing wrong with turning it quickie. No, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> Honey, have another beer. <laughs> When you've got kids, there's no other way. That's right. That's right. That's right. You never know when they're going to be up. Yes. But um, so that's one of those things that uh, that's why I like mm-hmm. brewing as much as I do, too, is you just, right. it's going to be different every time. You know, even if you have a recipe and you know exactly what, what you want to do, there's always going to be slight variances. And that's what's so exciting about it is you just don't really know what's going to happen. I want to say that there's this, and I've been smelling this constantly, trying to figure out what it is. And there's this, when you use that Simcoe and like what you're talking about, those kind of hops, there's this like green note on the nose that's like a little floral, but it's also, it just smells like greenery. Mm -hmm. And it's that. Don't look at me, my nose is broken. (laughs) What's that like herbalness coming off of the hops that you get in there that like it just, there's no other way to describe it. It just smells like a green hop like in your face and it's just like I love that smell and it took me a minute to figure out what it was but it oh, okay. was yeah it was <laughs> I'm a big fan of the nose of this beer yeah awesome so with Thank you. this one in particular you use Galaxy and Mosaic are you using one of them for bittering as well as flavor or you use like Magnum for bittering and then just Galaxy and Mosaic I, this one I use Galaxy for bittering mm-hmm. and then for the aroma Mosaic, mm-hmm. and then dry hopped it as well with Galaxy oh, okay. and Mosaic. Okay. Um, these that are going right now. Yeah, so we're surrounded people. by. I'm yeah. surrounded by beer right now. We're <laughs> <laughs> looking at a few uh, five gallon buckets, and then there's a couple of little guys with their blankets on yeah, just chilling behind boys. us. That's yeah. right. The, the carboys <laughs> and trying to keep the light off of those. But um, I I'm very heavy handed when it comes to dry hopping. I think the shrieking of water. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> I just I think it adds just different layers of aroma to it that I really like, and I probably wouldn't have to do that, you know, for mm-hmm. the result to be very similar. Um, but I think it just uh, and differentiates what I make mm-hmm. from the others, and the the smell and the finish and the haziness. You know, yeah. you have all of those particles kind of floating around, and I like that for sure. Now, have you had a chance to do any whole cone hop with uh, fresh hops? Or I have cone? not. Okay. And that's something we've actually been talking about this. We have a good friend up in Minnesota who has a hops farm. Oh. And we're talking about partnering up with them, and when they harvest mm-hmm. this late summer, early fall, we're going to ask them to... Some vacuum, <laughs> vacuum some uh, fresh hops. Okay. Vacuum pack and send them to us, and I'd, I'd like to do that. I'd like you to get your full gym cook on. And commercial. I know, right? Sugar <laughs> face in them. <laughs> I don't know how much would actually make it in because no. I just. <laughs> and it is hard to get your yeah. It is hard to get your hands on, especially around here in the South. Where yeah. the hops don't really grow that well in North Carolina. They would in the mountains, but no one. Everyone's growing wine now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone's growing, growing grapes. Uh, we've got, uh, my family's got some land in Wilkes County, and then we have a friend who's got land in Wilkes County. And nice. like, oh yeah, we could set up a hop farm. I'm like, yeah, we could. It sounds like a lot of, like, a lot of work. It's a, a ton of work. Yeah. 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 And it's a very fickle crop. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. And they've, they've, 
made a go at it, and they've been successful enough mm-hmm. to continue. Um, but they've had some hard years as well. Yeah. Um, diseases and things have really tried their patience on their crops. Yeah. But there's definitely a, with any of those crops, there's always a, a weird um, concept of like, does it survive? Does it not? Because it's an annual crop. Mm-hmm. So every year it's a new, essentially it's a new plant. It's not a perennial, it's not grapes where the first three years you're just going to get sweet juice that you can't do anything with, but you really can every year change out what varieties you're growing, uh, growing or anything like that. It's a yeah. very interesting. To me it's interesting because it is a weed for all intents and purposes. And it's yeah. really cool how we've taken this one weed and uh, like historically turned this into something that we can all enjoy. Mm-hmm. Well, collectively as a, as a species, we've agreed that it's very good in water and yeast. <laughs> <laughs> With yeast helping yes. out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we talked about uh, before we started recording that you kind of avoid loggers, never done a logger, right? Yeah, I don't... Um, I've never done them, and I think the the biggest reason I avoided them was I didn't really have a space to logger them. Yeah, you that's know, a did, very limiting factor. Yeah, I did. It really, I mean, when you think about, okay, I have this five-gallon carboy. Because I love it. Um, yeah, and she would. I'd, and shame on me for not having done it yet in the four yeah, years that I've been brewing. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> She'll get her October test. That's, that's right. That's right. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm awesome, yeah. <laughs> But um, space has always been the biggest issue mm-hmm. for us. Um, you know, I, I can get away with a lot, but emptying out our refrigerator and shoving a five-gallon carboy in there is probably not one of them. So Fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've come into a bevy of refrigerators this week, so I've got space now to Oh, there you to go. Logger. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> so is there any one style that maybe you're looking to brew or that you would like to brew, but you just haven't had the chance or the opportunity yet to do? Yeah, sours. I, oh. I have not done any sours yet. And uh, my goal, now that I've found an IPA that Amy will drink, is finding a sour that is not too sour that she says this is a winner this is one that we need to have all the time um i personally like sours i I really really like um sour pucker up kind of sour um but and i don't yeah (laughs) so doing a goza um Mm -hmm. that would be something that i would like to try and I would like to actually do a sour barrel aged sour, which would be interesting. That's adventurous. Would be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've kicked around a few. I'm trying to line up some collaborations with some local breweries, um, and see if we can try try our hand at that. But mm-hmm. those, I would say, the lager and the the sours, the gozas, mm-hmm. would definitely be be up there on my list of things that I would want to do. Okay. No, and you said earlier you were talking about barrel. Actually, let's go ahead and do our last beer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. No, I'll, I'll ask this yeah. question in a second. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this last one is a double IPA. And this features all of the the traditional ones. You know, okay. the Centennial, the Cascade. I believe that I have Simcoe in there as well. Yeah, that's a good amount of head on that one. This is definitely the clearest beer we've had. <laughs> yeah, it almost kind of is turning towards like an amber ale. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks it for that's sure. Just, uh, that's just, uh, that's the adjunct, the caramel. Yeah. Um, I usually stick with like a caramel 20. As um, you were saying mm-hmm. caramel, I was smelling caramel. Yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah, the roast on it and gives mm-hmm. it that darker, you know, shade. But um, 
the double IPA, I go 40, uh, caramel 40 on it, and mm-hmm. I've done a caramel 60. Um, I've, I've even put um, kind of a chocolate mm-hmm. in a double, which turned out pretty nice as well. Yeah, that's a good amount of caramel on the nose, a little bit of sweetness, but when you haul it in, there is like a touch of citrus in that background that I'm getting on the nose. This is really good. And the double IPA, so that's what, about eight? That's nine two. Nine two? Yeah. Hmm. So I'll make sure I fill up your cup with that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> to drive us back. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, Columbus, Simcoe, Centennial, and um, I, I really like those hops as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll play, play with those mm-hmm. in um, a different order in the, the brewing process. Throw, mm-hmm. you know, I might throw in, like this one, I threw three ounces of Columbus in at 90 minutes. So there you go. That is, it's a lot more bitter yes. than the nose implies. And that really is like hearkening back to like old school West Coast style IPAs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's a lemon quality in there hiding under that caramel that I really like that's coming through. Andrew, tasting yeah. notes? Uh, no, it sounds no. delicious. <laughs> 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 no, it's, it's good. It tastes like a, a nice good double IPA. It's nice and clear. Um, like I said, first one we've had, which is fine. Like we were talking about before. I made one that looked like straight apple juice, so I'm not gonna. I, I'm not one to judge. <laughs> I need the pretty Instagrammable beers. Is what <laughs> <laughs> Just see you, me. I don't care. Well, and ironically, you know, I said earlier on, I don't filter. Yeah. So, just the way it settled out mm-hmm. is it's <laughs> very interesting how it, it did settle. Now, I I don't. I generally don't change fermenters. Mm-hmm. You know, to do a secondary fermenter, mm-hmm. I, I don't do that. I don't. I don't really see the need to. To no. be perfectly honest, the beer seems to still turn out very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you've got like a good amount of carbonation on all of these. Like, there's sometimes they tend to be too flat, and then sometimes mm-hmm. they're way overly carbonated and like prickling your mouth, and it, it's not what you want. But like this is feels like the right amount of carbonation awesome. on these beers and you've got about a half finger worth of head that's sticking around there on the glass and in there and it's got some good legs on it and that foam sticks around you swirl it back up it comes right mm-hmm. back now that's a very good double ipa i'm really enjoying this yeah i appreciate that yeah the caramel sweetness i'm getting that more and more as i drink it which is uh, not something i'm used i'm used to getting just the hot bill out mm-hmm. of a double ipa they're getting some of the malt bill too really this is good beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. That's good beer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, you know, I never really played with double IPAs just mm-hmm. because I was very comfortable with just a standard IPA. I mean, mm-hmm. I played with single single hops, um, and my neighbor came to me, and he's a huge double IPA fan. He said, you know, there's a, there's a double IPA out there. I think it's called Pliny. Pliny the Elder. I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about." He said, "I want you to make that," and that and that was kind of one of those. It was one of those moments that I was like, "Oh, well, I've never really done a double," and then I was like, "Okay, I wonder, you know, what can I do?" Give it a shot. So, of course, what do I do? I go online and find a Plenty clone, clone. <laughs> right? Yep. Because at that point, I'm like, I don't know. This was probably three years ago, and 
hadn't gotten so comfortable with grain bills that I could say, okay, I'll just, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I brewed it and um, I gave him a couple growlers to take to the beach with his family. And he came back and he said, that was a good clone. And at that moment I thought, okay, so now I know there's uh, there's a market here for double IPAs. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. there's there's a... There's definitely some variations that we can add to make it my own, but mm-hmm. still have that mouth feel and mm-hmm. the the nose on it and the finish that people like of the Pliny's. And I think Stone has a pretty good um, double IPA out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I mean, there's you name them. There's oodles of good double IPAs out there. Yeah, and I, th- I feel like once you get into that double IPA territory, and then you start tending towards that triple IPA territory, what really sets them apart is like it just starts to coat the inside of your mouth. Like right now, I'm still feeling like the hop oil and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff in your mouth, and it sticks around and lingers for a while. You know, when you get towards the triples, it starts to get a little astringenty and like nail polishy sometimes. Yeah. But this is that good hot bitterness that just lingers around. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing, but it's still like there is that touch of caramel sweetness, so it's not just like a big bitter bomb in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right; like everybody always talks about Pliny as the the bar for double right. IPAs. But you know, I've had it a couple of times, but it's I never um, had it. It's a shelf beer in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, well, as as we are as far away from California yeah. as we can possibly get, true that, and still be in the U.S. <laughs> that's why you got no people. Yeah, well, that's true. You do. you got folks. Well, or for your brewery when you guys open. What are you planning on doing on the tap? Are you planning on having just all rotating constantly, or are you going to have a few flagship beers? That you're I think keep. Yeah, we definitely <clears throat> will have flagship beers. Yeah, I would like <clears throat> to order too. So. <clears throat> yeah, and then then we haven't even. I wish I had one here for you. We had a um, chocolate coconut. Oh. Uh, porter that I made. That, yeah, it was really good. And that was that came from again uh, one of those situations where. She's out with girlfriends and comes home and she says, I had the best porter I've ever had. And I was like, really? Do tell. And <laughs> she said, oh, it smelled like chocolate and then had a nice coconut finish. And it was just so good. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So, Challenge accepted. Yeah. No, it's why I bet you couldn't make it. I bet you couldn't do it. <laughs> Going to bed. See you later. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a healthy bit of skepticism there, for sure. But, um, but yeah, that kind of that came around to that. But I think that's something that we do want to have on as well. I mm-hmm. think we want to have a we want to have a porter on. Mm-hmm. We're going to have at least a couple IPAs yes. on, mm-hmm. um, and those will stay on all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we and need then, to keep a fruit beer on all the time because yeah. I know mm-hmm. there's a market for that as well. And you can rotate that seasonally. And it's like you're saying, yep. if you yep. have these good base IPAs and this good base porter. And good base wheat too. Yeah, and a good yeah. base wheat. And then you yeah. just can play variants off of that all the time. You see everybody does that. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like, as long as you have that good base to work off of, yep. you've got that solid one that's always on tap. But hey, here's our variant that's exclusively on tap for this week. Come yeah. and try yeah. it before it's gone. You know, we only got the one keg of it now. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a really good, really good concept and idea and a solid base to build on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we definitely, you know, you mentioned a wheat. Mm-hmm. We are looking at either a wheat or a blonde um, that stay mm-hmm. on tap. Mm-hmm. And then the, there'd be the seasonal variations of that. 
and our boys have requested root beer. So, <laughs> well, so root beer, there you go. Yeah. Be root beer too. So yeah. good. Yeah. So how many taps total are you looking to have potentially? Probably ten. Um, we feel that's manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really going to be driven by volume, and what what we're able to move. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want our product to sit too long. I mean, the ideal would be we'd be moving through the three barrels within a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, even shorter time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would be the ideal. But then I'd be brewing all the time, too. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's from, when you upgrade that five barrel system. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then go into distributing. And, yeah. And that's when you hire, hire a part time brewer and you're like, hey, here's the stuff. I'm going to go uh, take a nap. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But that's. Uh, you know, assuming that we can move mm-hmm. the beer, 10 taps would be ideal. And we've even talked about having guest taps on mm-hmm. as well. Um, that's that's just, just fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't think guest tap or a collab or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, a collab would be awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I think back to some of our like, popular breweries in Greensboro, like Little Brother in particular, they usually keep six to seven of their own mm-hmm. on tap. and But they have 10 to 12 taps. I think it's 12. But and the others oh, are yeah, either yeah. ciders or um, uh, guest taps or mm. collabs with different people. So yeah, yeah I think they, they even have a nitro coffee on tap now. Do they? Wow. Um, mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, they're doing their own coffee now. Oh, fancy! Wow, we love Little Brother, but yeah, haven't been in a few months, so we mm. need to get back over there. Yeah, something like that for people who are downtown in the afternoon and don't want a beer but want to come in and hang out. Who for doesn't a want bit. a beer? Well, if you say that, it work. Um, <laughs> some people have to. I'm, I'm missing this. I'm missing I'm going to the office and can't go to that business meeting. <laughs> Smell right. like a double IPA. <laughs> as tempting as that is. Yeah. Yes. yes. Absolutely. All right. So that's really what we're looking at. Okay. And, I mean, it, it can easily shift as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to be able to create a space where I can add taps mm-hmm. if I want to. Um I don't. I don't want to pin us into a corner where we only set up a large enough space for a certain number of taps. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. to allow for that growth there if we choose to do that. So, like you were talking earlier, and I'm going way back. Oh, you're good. Uh, you were talking earlier about like different barrels that you were going to try and age beer in. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking at wine, bourbon, whiskey, just plain oak? Like, yeah. Oh, what are you guys looking to <laughs> explore with that? Because I know once you start adding barrels to your setup, you really can mess, uh, play with the flavors a lot, play mm. with the aromas. And we were when we did for, uh, talk to Four Saints, uh, they were saying, oh yeah, we've had this uh, this uh, Belgian Flanders red in the barrels for eighteen months, yeah. and it's still not ready. So I guess what are you where are you guys planning on going with that? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, and I. It, just Andrew down at Four Saints is mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, he's a fantastic brewer, and I had an opportunity to sit with him and try some of his beers. And it's, it's he's a somebody that I aspire to. Yeah, he knows what he's doing back then. Yeah, yeah, he surely does. Um, the I think the most recent conversation has been tequila barrels. Ooh, that's an interesting um, choice. We um, that'd be fun. Yeah, I've. Well, all of the above. However, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, I mean, we we're interested in all the different types of barrels, mm-hmm. just from the standpoint that I think, well, and, I mean, it's obvious they all offer different flavor profiles, mm-hmm. and depending on what you put in them, really drives what kind of flavor you're going to derive. The 
I think we've been talking bourbon, tequila, and oak um, for the initial kind of concepts of different recipes that I've been right. kicking around. Um, the the one that I'd really love to do would be almost a um, tequila honey wheat of some sort with um, mint in there. Um, That's a combination. Some, some floral. <laughs> There's things happening in that. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that, and it's kind of a, a variant on. Uh, we had a drink in Key West that was it was a lager, and it would be a lager beer. Um, a lager with tequila added to it and a lime and then we, were, we started talking about you know mojitos and oh, so yeah. they're trying to kind of mix some of those flavor profiles together so yeah. you get some nice herbal mm-hmm. um, smells on the nose but then you have the lager and kind of a little tequila in the background so yeah that's very wow. interesting. Yeah, you don't see a lot of, uh, people sometimes tend to shy away from those tequila barrels. That's not one that you see people tackle a lot of times. I always forget that tequila does come in barrels. I prefer clear tequila. I prefer clear. So, yeah. yeah, I don't get tequila. Moonshine to me, like, eh, don't age that. Just straight. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what my question was. And uh, I think it's probably uh, something that we can't in the interview without talking about is uh, your Kickstarter. Yeah. So you guys currently have a Kickstarter running uh, for the brewery. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we do. Um, we started it about, I guess, a month ago or so. Mm, uh, a little longer. Yeah. And the whole idea behind it is really to um, get everybody involved mm-hmm. in the process. We really want to be a community brewery where everybody feels like they have ownership mm-hmm. in it in some capacity. And... Um, we're really trying to raise money to supplement all the expenses that go along with it. I mean, we recognize that and there are, they're probably going to have to be taken out some loans and, you know, we've already, um, spent quite a bit of our own money on the process, but Mm -hmm. we, we set it up strictly with the hope that people would want to be part of this brewery in High Point. And... There's a lot of cool stuff out there as well. I mean, if they uh, go out and check out our Instagram page, the Kickstarter is out there, the link's out there, and there's a lot of pretty neat swag that you can get along the way. I mean, pint glasses, uh, shirts, and mash paddles and engraved with your name on it. Um, I think stickers, stickers, I mean, just you name it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the tiers that you have for your Kickstarter, just for our listeners? Yeah, so we that's where we grabbed on to whitewater rafting, and we did class one through class five. Mm-hmm. Um, and so class one's the lowest level, and class five's the highest level. I believe that's $1,000 or more. Okay. And um, I believe that gets you a day in the life of a brewer, so you get to come in. <laughs> um, you give us $1,000, and then you get to come work. I'll be That's back right. here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be tearing out ceilings today. So, go ahead and tell you you want ownership of the company? Here you go. You have a day without me. All right. but, um, Here's a they, stack of books. <laughs> That's right. So, and that one, the idea behind that is they may have a favorite beer. And mm-hmm. what I want them to do is 
come in and say, this is my favorite beer, and we say, let's make it. Okay, so $1,000 donation to the Kickstarter, you get to come in and brew a beer with the brewers, with the people of Paddled South, yep. and then your beer gets to be on tap. And, and they name it. be a part of it. Yeah, oh, you, they oh, name it. get to name as well. Cool. Fancy. Yeah. yeah, so we put it on, and, you know, we run with it. Um, kind of adjacent to that Kickstarter as well, we're offering free beer. Um, if you kick in a thousand dollars or more, you will have free beer for life. And oh wow! That's one of those oh, things. Oh, I called the wife. Yeah, sir. Let's see, five six dollars a pint. Yeah, yeah this is gonna pay off. Yeah. What's the yeah. break even point? <laughs> yeah, you can't pass up savings like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you How much can we get for one of the twins? Probably quite a bit. I know. I keep that one. For, <laughs> that one's for spare parts. <laughs> yeah. So, did, and that that is away from Kickstarter, just from the right. standpoint that with Kickstarter we cannot offer alcohol, um, alcohol right. as an incentive. So that's kind of running simultaneously with the Kickstarter as well. But yeah, I mean, and again, it was. It's all about driving interest about Mm -hmm. what we do um but also i think people like knowing that they had a part in something Mm -hmm. um whether it be they they come in and help us remove those metal ceiling tiles or they help us paint or they help us finish the bar or you know whatever they they've invested their time they have sweat equity in it and they know the end result is going to be something that they're going to be proud of. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to share with people, but also I think they're, you know, they're helping us right. along the way. So yeah. we'll you, you tend to appreciate things a little more when you put your time and effort in. Yeah, it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you said, your sweat equity going into yeah. it. Yeah. Well, if people want to follow you guys as you're continuing this process, uh, where should they do that? Yeah, no, well, they can follow us on Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, I'm kind of Our a, website is almost ready. Ooh. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, almost. we'll launch that and hopefully in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can follow us, Paddled South Brewing Co. Mm-hmm. on Instagram, and I believe it's the same on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yep. I'm kind of a social media virgin. Um, this is new <laughs> for me, so you know I I grew up when social media wasn't really around. <laughs> 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 so this is it's new for me, but. Um, you know, she gives me a hard time all the time. I'm mm-hmm. just flipping through Instagram constantly. And she's like, oh, look who's on Instagram now. I didn't <laughs> like it before. So, yeah, Paddle Town and Brewing. Yep. Yep, on both Facebook and Instagram. All right. Well, we're looking forward to you guys opening up soon. We're going to come down and get some fresh beer. Yes, yeah. that's right. We're excited, We thank too. you guys so much for having us today yes. and inviting us out to your home to try some of your home brews and beers and Talk about your new brewery opening up in High Point, hopefully spring of next year. Hopefully. 2021. Yep. 2020. 2020. Yeah, there you Sorry, I'm already taking years off. I don't know. It all blurs together these days. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we just thank you guys so much for inviting us out and mm-hmm. having some beers with us and sharing your story. We greatly appreciate it. And we appreciate y'all taking, taking the time to do that. That was a wonderful conclusion to our interview with Dave and Amy. So if you have more questions about how to start a brewery, just give us a email or shoot us a message on Instagram and we'll love to 
send emails their way. Uh, they are uh, looking for new Kickstarters all the time over at the kickstarter.com uh, and search, search for Paddled South Brewing. Uh, we'll have the links in the description for their Kickstarter and as well for their website whenever that launches. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our interview and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's Brew News. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating in whichever app you found us on. We value your feedback, and it also helps the show reach more listeners. If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future breweries or are with a brewery and would like to join us, feel free to tweet or follow us on Twitter at brew underscore news. We're on Instagram at brewnewspod, and you can visit our website, brewnewspod.com, where we will post links, photos, and tasting notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more exciting brew news. Cheers. Cheers. Have you ever wondered how you could join the Brew News crew? We'll swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod and you can join us. We have three different tiers for all of our patrons. At the logger level, you earn early access to all of our podcast episodes. At the IPA level, you get early access to our podcast episodes, but you get special weekly beer tastings that are done by various members of the crew. And you get special video presentations, including our Beer Miss Special. At the stout level, you get everything you get at the IPA level, but you also get to appear on one episode of the Brew News Pod, and when we have some swag, we'll send some your way. So feel free to swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod. That again is patreon.com slash brewnewspod and join the crew.